Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be together again, church. And this morning, I want to bring you a message on the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. I hope that you have responded to last week's message and that this past week, you have been intentionally drawing near to God, drawing closer to God. I trust that you have continued to pray for South Africa. Pray specially for the salvation of those involved in lawlessness. We know that in the end times, there will be much lawlessness in the world. And this should not surprise us. It is a sign of the return of Christ. And so many people are not ready. As kingdom citizens, our desire is God's desire. And God's desire is that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance and eternal life. So let's keep on praying for the salvation of people. Amen. I also trust that you continue to pray for an end to this pandemic. We know it will end, but we want it to end quickly. Amen. So please keep those prayers going. Prayer is an essential element in drawing near to God. You cannot develop intimacy with God without speaking, without communicating with Him. Communication is key to relationships and intimacy, right? And so it is with God. And yet many believers struggle with prayer sometimes. <laughs> many people, they kind of approach God in prayer like I approach my dentist. Only when I need it. <laughs> okay. And in the same way, um, there are some that only approach God when there is a crisis. Some people don't know how to get going when they start praying. What do you say? How do you pray? What should you pray for? How can you know what you should pray for even? Well, the disciples of Jesus felt the need to be taught how to pray even though they grew up in a culture that prayed regularly. If they needed to be taught to pray, then modern-day disciples should also be taught to pray. I grew up in a Christian home where prayer was part of our family life, and yet I have had struggles with prayer. It took time for me to feel a certain freedom in praying, both privately and especially in public. And I know many who have had this struggle in expressing themselves in prayer, in knowing what to pray for, making sure our prayers are not selfish and self-centered. Our need to be taught to pray is indicated by two tendencies that we have. The first tendency is for our prayers to be repetitious, just repeating the same words over and over each time we pray. We say exactly the same prayer each time we have our private prayer time. Never any variation. <laughs> there was a time in my life that I would make exactly the same prayer every night before going to bed. I would kneel down by my bed and pray. <laughs> Sometimes while praying, I would fall asleep because I was tired, I had gone to bed late, 
But I was going to pray, okay? So I'd kneel and pray, then I'd fall asleep halfway through my prayer. Then some noise would wake me up, and I would just pick up what I left and carry on, word for word, until I finished my prayer. It took me a while to break that pattern. And therefore, we need to be taught. The second tendency is for our prayers to be merely a shopping list. We say, dear Lord, and then we follow that with, with the list. Bless me, give me that, you know, give him this, and, and so on, until we say amen. But prayer is much more than that. Prayer is a privilege and a blessing that belongs to the Christian. Let's look at some important points concerning prayer. Prayer is the privilege and the right of the Christian. The benefit of prayer belongs to the Christian, to the child of God, to the righteous, to the one in fellowship with God. <laughs> now, we are not righteous because we never sin. We are righteous because of Christ. When we surrendered our lives to Him, His righteousness became our righteousness. And now we have access to a holy God in prayer. 1 Peter 3.12 says the following, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Okay, that's us, all right? Who have believed in Christ. And His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, those who turn away from God and His ways. You see, Prayer is the privilege of the child of God. Now, does that mean that sinners cannot pray and that God never hears them? Listen, God hears them when they call out to God in repentance. But those who willingly continue to break the laws of God, the word is clear. God resists them. Here is another verse confirming our privilege in prayer. Psalm 34 verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry, to their prayers. Know this, child of God, the Lord hears your cry. It may seem that He is far away, that you are alone crying out to Him, but know that He is present. He hears your prayer. Something else about prayer. Prayer is the means to obtain Promised blessings. This is another aspect of prayer. There are blessings promised to us that you will not receive if you don't pray for them. Here's an example. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, what's that? That's prayer. You see, you're communicating. You're talking to God. You're praying. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, no prayer, no forgiveness. It must come from your heart through prayer to God. Jesus said the following in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So keep that in mind and make sure that you are availing yourself of God's promises to you through prayer. Amen. Nothing about prayer. Prayer is something the child of God is urged to do without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. 
That means that it is done unceasingly, with habitual inclination, that's what the dictionary says, with vigilant attendance, something never to be abandoned for any cause. You see, it is good to take our time to pray somewhere quiet and alone, but you can pray anytime and anywhere. You can pray quietly in your heart while you're driving, working, walking. Prayer is a state of spirit, a posture with God. <laughs> Someone once said, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying, <laughs> you see? So prayer is not something to be taken lightly. No wonder the devil wants to distract Christians so they don't pray. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We read this in, in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11. We are going to look at Luke 11 verses 1 to 4 this morning. It says the following. Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. It will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. You see, it was a regular custom back then for a Jewish rabbi to teach his disciples a simple prayer, which his followers might use repeatedly. John had done that for his disciples. And now Jesus' disciples came asking him to do the same for them. And this is Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. It is shorter than the Matthew account, but it will teach us all we need to know about how to pray and what to pray for. There are six sections to this prayer. The idea is that you use this model and apply your own words, experiences, requests, and so on. Make a note of these six simple sections and then create your own prayer around each section. Personalize them according to your needs and reality. So let's go. First section, reverence. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name in verse 2. Hallowed means sanctified. It means set apart. Before anything is asked of ourselves or for ourselves, God and His glory and the reverence due to Him come first. God first. Only when we give God His place will other things take their proper place. Your, your posture is, you are God and I am not. So as you start, Take time to acknowledge and recognize His rule and authority. Declare it in your own words. Think of scriptures that 
speak about this and declare them. The scriptures like James 1.17, which says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Declare it. God is a good God. He is light. All good things come from Him. We come with reverence, with respect, with the fear of God in our hearts. And yet we come boldly because the veil has been removed and we are invited into His presence. As Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. The next section is this. Number two, desire for God's will to be done. Still in verse two, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this section, we are inviting his kingdom and his will to be manifest on the earth and particularly through our own lives. You see, God's kingdom had been promised in the Old Testament. And then in Jesus, God's kingdom did come. Yet now it is a kingdom only in people's hearts. One day, Jesus will return and his kingdom will be fully established on the earth. But until then, God's rule amongst men takes place when we, as his followers, when we do his will. And so spend some time here praying for situations, for places and people to be aligned to the will of God. And mainly pray that God's will may be done through you. Here is where I pray and ask the Lord, Lord, how can your kingdom better be lived out through me, through my workplace, through my business, through my family life. You spend some time here praying around us. The third section is dependence. Verse 3, give us this day our daily bread. You may work for your daily bread, but it's God who gives you the strength. In this section, You deal with your daily provisions and other needs and prayer requests. This section could be your shopping list portion of the prayer. Here, you pour out your heart, but you do it with thanksgiving. That familiar passage comes to mind in Philippians 4, 6 that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So turn your anxiety into prayer. Turn your needs and the needs of others into prayer in this section. Section four, very easy to remember. Section four is forgiveness, okay? Uh, Verse four says the following, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Forgiveness. In this section, you will spend some time in reflection. Are you aware of 
persisting sin in your life that must be confessed, maybe confessed again, <laughs> and don't become despondent. Deal with it before the Lord. Don't hide it. Deal with it before the Lord. Is there someone that you need to forgive? Don't be in bondage because of unforgiveness. Don't carry that bitterness inside of you. Forgiveness is a choice. Emotions will follow later. So spend time here, as much time as you need, to deal with matters of forgiveness. Then number five is guidance. Still in verse four, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here is where you see God for guidance. And this section includes confrontation with spiritual forces. God does not tempt us. It's very clear in his word, but he can permit us to be led into temptation or he can shield us from it. Second Peter 2.9 says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. It's important to understand this. There will be time of temptations in your life. Trials, tribulations, temptations will come. And they can serve to strengthen you, to strengthen your resolve to follow the Lord. But remember this, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Amen? So take time here to pray over matters that you sense are attacking you or attacking your home or attacking others whom you are praying for. This is a good time as well to pray for authorities, governments, and nations. According to 1 Timothy Chapter 2 and verse 2, we are called to pray for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Amen? So take time to do spiritual battle, to pray, and to deal with these things. And then the final section that you end with is number six, praise. And here, I'm borrowing now from Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 6, verse, verse 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And you see, this is an affirmation of the exalted position that God holds. Here, you take time to praise Him and to thank Him. Thank Him for what He has done and thank Him for what He's going to do. Declare, like many times in the Psalms, that there is no one like our God, no one beside Him. Hallelujah. So, I, I hope this, this brief outline will help someone today to go deeper in your prayer life and by so doing, make it easier for you to draw near to God. Let us keep an open heart towards the Lord and keep learning how to pray more effectively, intentionally and wisely. Amen. Church, in these days we live in, we need to be alert to the call of the Holy Spirit to pray and intercede, to praise and bring him honor 
at any time that He may lead us. We need to have tender and open hearts to repent as well as to forgive, to be sensitive to His guidance and totally dependent on Him for our provision. Yes, the Lord will work through us. He will give us the strength to endure and to overcome, to be faithful until the end. But we must remain conscious that it is in Him that we live and move and have our being and that we are destined to be with Him and to reign with Him forever. Amen. (laughs) The Lord bless you. Come, let us closing prayer. Lord, thank you so much once again that we can come before you, Lord, and thank you that you have opened this invitation to us to come into your throne of grace. And Lord, like your disciples once asked you, we ask you again today, Lord, in these crazy times where sometimes we get so confused, we don't even know where to turn or how to pray. Lord, help us to pray, Lord. And I pray, Father, this simple outline based on your instructions, on the prayer that you taught your disciples and us to pray as a guideline, Lord. Help us to increase our prayer depth with you, my God. Help us, Lord God, to be intercessors here on earth. Help us, Lord God, to be channels of your blessing here on earth, Lord God to manifest your kingdom here on earth, Lord, that your will may be done in us and through us. Your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you. Enjoy your Sunday. Have a blessed week and we'll meet you again next week. God bless you. Amen.